right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Addicted Hunting Podcast, episode number five. Today, we're going to be talking about waterfowl hunting. Uh, we got some special guests in the house tonight. Bill Rivas, what's up, guys? How's it going? Phil Rudat. Hey, how's it going? Phil, Phil Rudat. He's been hanging out with us quite a bit on podcasts lately. Yeah, I'm back in Washington. We're yeah. in Kodiak anymore. It's great. It's fun. Cliff Salee's here. So, <clears throat> I'm not the biggest waterfowl hunter, um, if any of you guys might know that. I've done a little bit in my earlier, younger years, but uh, we know that it's a big part of all you addicts lifestyle out there, hunting waterfowl. So, I wanted to bring in Bill and Phil and touch a little bit on... Uh, Was that set up that way? Bill and Phil. Bill and Phil. Yeah, works yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. It goes good together. Yeah. We had a hunt together. <laughs> but we're gonna bring in Bill and Phil and talk about waterfowl. They're they're pretty uh, well uh, well rounded when it comes to waterfowl hunting, and uh, hopefully we can give you guys some tips and uh, maybe you can learn something about waterfowl. Waterfowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right so. Uh, Bill, have you been out this year waterfowl hunting? So I went opening day, but uh, with a lack of water this year, I haven't, I haven't really been uh, in any hurry to get back out there. So we're starting to get some rain now, and pretty much it's just a waiting game to get some more rain, some more sheet water. Uh, that's that's my bread and butter and what I really do best at. I'm not a big water guy by any means. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So on in earlier years, have you? notice that it's like a trend that early season is kind of slow because of lack of water in in this state anyways yeah and usually it's it's uh you know a lot better towards the coast uh better on the east side during the early season for whatever reason i'm not i'm not too sure definitely the coast obviously big water you know that's where most of your birds are gonna be hanging out but Oh, those um, corn-fed mallards on the east side. Yeah. yeah then you get your your mallards that are coming on the east side for whatever reason they're just a few more birds over there than the west side for what I've noticed in my years of waterfowling. Gotcha, gotcha. And what about you, Phil? I have not been hunting yet this year. In fact, I still need to buy my license. Ooh, <laughs> I just got back from Kodiak, so I'm still trying to get back into swing of things. I've just been fishing mostly. Yeah, Going you, you generally hunt later in the year. Yeah, just I because go of later. Fish, you're, you're a fishing guide, so you're gone for the first part of the year. Mm-hmm. This is like my vacation time right now. I work nonstop for five months. So gotcha. this is my vacation. I'm enjoying it. So you're <laughs> I'm excited to do some waterfowl then? I am. I'm very excited to get back into it. And usually around Thanksgiving, I'll buy my license. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty much when it starts happening anyways. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. Did So did you guys, Bill, did you guys kill any birds opening weekend? Ooh man, that was a rough one. It was it was my worst opening day yet to date. So uh, we got two geese and I lost a duck, and that was that was it. It was pretty pretty crappy. Don't they have like an early uh, like honker season here in Washington? They do, and I opted out of it for the first year in many years this year just because uh, the bees. They're oh, they're yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. dude. They they were <laughs> fighting, terrible. Fighting this year. the bees is. I, yeah, it's, dude, I had I was covered up in them when I got my elk this year. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like I mean, they were all they wanted nothing to do with me. But yeah, no, you're completely right. Like they were everywhere. I was fighting for birds for from the bees. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was a battle. So generally, uh, in the early season, you're 
basically hunting local birds, right? It's yeah, early, early season, you know, uh, you know, September, they, they have an early goose season. So I focus on that and uh, usually scout for your local birds. It, it seems like it, and you know, I could be wrong. I'm no pro by any means, but it seems like they're the same birds that come from the coast over like Astoria area. Everybody sees them when they're out at Bowie 10. And then sure enough, you know, nothing's here on the Columbia because I'm out here fishing the Columbia. And then all of a sudden they show up and it's like, whoa, there's a ton of early birds here. They're all big geese. And they're pounding the cornfields, you know, before the little cacklers get here. So the geese tend to migrate sooner than the ducks. Uh, yeah, the big birds for whatever reason. And then they taper off, you know, in on the west side at least. Gotcha. For, for this time of year. So now, now we're just into the little birds, our cacklers, our illusions, stuff like that. So that's mainly what we're going to be looking at. And And for anybody that's out there looking to get into waterfowl hunting or hasn't hunted geese, make sure that you go out and you take your, uh, goose test. Is that what they call it? The goose goose identification test for Southwest Washington and Northeast Oregon. Yeah. Cause you can, you can hunt ducks without, you know, with just your hunter hunter safety, safety. but, uh, you do have to take a a special identification test. Yeah. It's a 40 question test. It's multiple choice. Uh, they have a pamphlet on it. Um, it's not that hard. If you read the pamphlet, it's, pretty basic like it's to the point and and i think the yeah. cutoff for that is is like the washougal river like the mouth of it yeah i yeah. think i think you're right because i know up just above that there's a certain island that guys hunt <laughs> where they, yeah. they every once in a while they'll get a dusky or something yeah but, uh, yeah yeah because when i was younger uh we would go over the east and i didn't have to have the the goose identification exactly. yeah it's and it's the dusky like for people that don't know that's what we're talking about it's this um, I guess, uh, bird it's, 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 it's losing exactly. its like habitat up North. Yep. Um, Copper river Delta. There's seven different subspecies of Canadian geese. And that is one that has not been doing so hot due to loss of, um, just habitat wetlands. Yeah. yeah. So what caused that? Wasn't that an earthquake that happened and it raised the ground level and they lost their nesting habitat? I have no clue. That's what I thought I read. I, that I do not remember. Not it's been a long time since I took that test. <laughs> so have you have you ever killed a dusky you, you know i don't know sean <laughs> yeah yeah i have unfortunately you know and it happens at times and that's why we need to you know stay focused and and watch the birds that are coming in and that's that's the biggest thing as sportsmen is to make sure we know what we're shooting before we shoot it instead of making that mistake the, the reason why i asked you that is because i did shoot a dusky once when i was younger and I was, I think I was probably 13 or 14. And before my uncle could even yell dusky, I had already pulled the trigger Yeah, and, uh, you were hot on it. (laughs) I learned that lesson at a young age and I'm going to make sure that never happens again. Absolutely. But we all uh, get fired up when birds are coming in and on the deck in your face. And it's pretty easy to grab the gun and start pulling the trigger. So absolutely. So, uh, when it comes to scouting for waterfowl, ducks, and geese, uh, you got any pointers for these guys that you could? Uh... Yeah, uh, you know, it completely depends on where you're hunting. I, uh, where I hunt mainly, um, I I mainly look at water levels. Don't get me wrong; I'm also looking for birds, but water levels, you know, mainly what I'm looking at, and birds will come in time. Uh, I like to hunt sheet water, like I said earlier. Uh, targeting ducks when i'm targeting geese i'll obviously like just more of just a dry field 
Some people don't know so, what sheet water is. You might explain Sheet that. water is, you know, kick around water. It's, you know, ankle deep to, you know, your thigh. Or I'm, I'm sorry, your calf. So that that's sheet water. It's, it's a lot easier for birds to feed and, you know, mill around and do their thing. So Yeah, that makes sense. And, it, and it's usually sheet water is obviously more in an open area in a field. So, you know, birds feel a lot more comfort in those areas rather than in timber areas. And don't get me wrong, they go there too, but it takes a lot more comfort for that. So are you hunting, um, like when you're hunting the sheet water, are you using like more of a layout blind or what, what, do you, what are you using like as far as equipment goes? And it, it totally depends on just the area. You know, when I, when I scout the area, if I got a little bit of brush and stuff like that, I can grab some brush from another spot and I can use a layout. And if that's the best opportunity for me, that's great. But if I'd rather not lay on my back, you know, I, I feel like I'm turning into an old man, but I, I don't it. like laying on my back anymore. You know, I want to sit in a nice box blind, not get rained on and. You know, be an old man about it, but it's kind uh, of fun building your own <clears throat> blinds, huh? You get creative yeah, with it. It is. Kind of it is. up a big old structure. Sean and I back in the day used to do it all the time. Yeah, that was my favorite part of yeah. duck hunting. It was yeah. just trying to build. We would spend something. an hour, maybe two hours, every early morning, just brushing up all these sticks and oh, making like this mansion. Oh yeah, not really a mansion, but it was. They were pretty good. Well, we had to build good blinds because me and Phil would stay in the, the blind all day long. We'd stay in the blind from daylight till dark oh, when man. we were younger. Yeah. That's a long hunt. That's some commitment. Right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. We pulled some long days out there. Oh, yeah. But his mom always packed us a bunch of good food, and we were taken care of. <laughs> well, so that's good. We didn't mind. We didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget the food, and then I'm shaking while, when I walk out with my decoy bag on my back and Hunted way too long just for an extra couple birds and those yeah. those decoy bags are heavy too. Yeah, they can they be. Heavy. That's why I've, I mean, there's a lot of different little tricks of the trade to, you know, drill out your keels, get the sand out, you know, make them water keels, stuff like that to really help that's, take that's, the weight off your back. That's an awesome tip right there. Like I, yeah. I was, I would have never thought of that. Like, yep. <clears throat> you, the only problem with that is you can't throw your decoys. You know, like pitch them 15 yards. You right. look over at it sitting on its side because it doesn't have the weight, but saves your back for sure. Right. That's all that matters to me. How many deeks do you usually carry out for ducks or geese or whatever? In my bag, because I'm running, I'm running GHG uh, Pro Grade Mallards. That's all I run. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of mixed uh, ducks in this area. We got, you know, widgeon, pintail, teal, mallards, all kinds of stuff. Um, and then your divers, of course, too. But I just run the straight mallards. It doesn't seem to matter. Wood I, I can pull anything into that. Yeah, woodies. I mean, yeah. if you get in the random woody spot, I have seen guys do better with just wood duck decoys. But for the most part, you just pull anything with a mallard. They're at least pretty to look at. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that big, bright green head, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to come running in when I see one. Oh, yeah. Mallards seem to be the most social duck out there. They hang out with everybody, it seems like. They're They're all social. They're yeah. all social little butterflies. I love them all. So let's, <laughs> let's talk your tactics real quick. Like, let's talk like right now and then throughout the season. So let's start now and, and talk about, let's say your spread to all the way down to like your calling. Like, do you call a lot in the early season or are the birds more? I mean, I know they're more call shy, at least to me. And maybe I just suck at calling, which I wouldn't doubt. Um, but, but throughout the season, they've been called at so much. Towards the end, I, I've I've noticed that they get a little more call shy. But like, what what are your tactics? What do you use like from start of the season till the end? Uh, it it totally depends on you know just body language from the birds. You know, talk to them, see what see what they say in body language. You know, they'll respond immediately. So if they turn away. You know, like eh, do that a couple times. Like <laughs> probably want to put the call down a little bit. You know, maybe maybe jump on the whistle, and then sometimes they'll you know start reacting to the whistle better if you do that. 
Um, right now, we got a lot of the young birds in the area coming down from Canada, and that's uh, that makes it a lot easier. You you yell at them pretty good, and they'll they'll react. So okay. I, I'm usually hammering down on birds right now, you know, in singles and doubles, triples, four packs, you know, stuff like that. Uh, when I get into a, some bigger bigger flocks of birds, you know, I, I slow down on the calling. But for right now, I'm pretty much hammering down on them and getting no response. Talking as good. much, yeah, that's awesome. As much as I can. So, uh, from early season to late season, are you being more aggressive with your decoys? Meaning like, are you putting more out or less out? Or do you always put out the same amount of decoys? You know, and guys have always said that they're like, Oh, end of season, all you need is six decoys. And I I just, no, no, I've never like, Oh, you know, you just need two. you just need a spinner, you know, like one of the pull spin wings. No, that's, I don't know. I I always run the same spread and I do just fine with it. Gotcha. Uh, so I don't, I don't get, you know, if maybe these guys are hunting refuges, I don't know, maybe it's where I'm hunting, but I don't, I don't feel that I see the pressure, but I'd still run the same 32 decoys, you know, two pods, as you asked earlier about like what kind of decoy spread yeah. I usually do half, half on one side with half on the other with a 30 yard gap. And that I've gives tr- them a place to land. Yeah. And I've, I've tried J hooks. I've tried all the different spreads, you know, V's, stuff like that. Like, oh, they'll, they'll work right over here because the wind's like this. And no. I does just the wind, do, like, really, like, I mean, I know. The wind does help. I was going to ask about time. that. But how much wind do you need for, like, because everybody's like, oh, they got to, you got to have, the, have them landing with the wind in their face. They won't land at the wind at their back. Well, any wild animal I've seen, I've heard people say they don't do that. Unless they I, really want in there. Yeah. I mean, and then they'll it, prove you wrong. They will and prove you wrong it. every time. Go hunt yeah. blacktail. <laughs> right. well, for you guys that are listening, Bill kind of simplified it for you guys. If you guys are wondering how to set up your decoys, I mean, he just told you right there. Yeah. He sticks with one decoy set with when it comes to waterfowl, you know, two groups, 30 yards mm-hmm. apart. And maybe try that out and see. Uh, yeah, see how it works for you. Yeah. And, and comment below and let me know. You, you guys try that out, comment, and let us know if it if it – produce and we'll give bill crap if it doesn't yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. i don't care <laughs> how uh, how far of a gap do you sp- spread out in front of you there uh like how far are my decoys from the bank you know or from me to the bank yeah or, or from sorry. you to like the edge of the decoys because um, what i do i kind of do very something very similar to you mm-hmm. but i'll use that as like a shooting range i'll throw it out to 30 yards so i can have an idea when ducks come in i can kind of compare them to where my decoys are oh i see what you're saying see I just, I just, if I feel like I can hit it, I shoot. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. I, I went through I'm, a phase where I was really bad at trying poking. to judge like how far they are, how close yeah, they are. Well, obviously I, they're close when they're close, but I you shoot a goose, antsy and you goose want to full shoot choke, So it's pretty tight and yeah. I'm shooting three and a half. So it's like, uh, so can, you're reaching out there to can, 80, 90. Reach, <laughs> <that's nice. laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't get crazy with it, but you know, every once in a while and guys get mad, you know, they're sky busters and stuff. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm no sky buster. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not going to ruin somebody's hunt when they're working birds, you know, and flock of geese comes over a hundred yards, like crack at them. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, you know, I'll poke, I'll poke here and there. So. Well, you got to keep it interesting every once in a while, especially, you know, I lost that duck on opening day, <laughs> but I dropped it. <laughs> didn't so have you dog. run a dog or no? I used to have a dog. I lost my dog and that's where that's I'm at tough. now. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's like a hunting partner. I mean, if, yeah. any, if anybody knows like a, 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 a duck hunter and their dog. Absolutely. That's uh, a great bond with my last yeah. dog. So sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Thanks. That's tough. 
that you but, know that's a big reason why I quit duck hunting is because I lost my last you know dog and I put so much time and effort into him and yeah I just couldn't bring myself to do it you know I have another lab but I just couldn't bring myself to go through all that work again and well and the money for training I mean I spent three thousand dollars on training on my last dog too so it's it's, it's not cheap. It's, yeah, it's not cheap if you want to have a, a good dog. But it dog is an investment, like, at the end of the exactly. day. Like, I mean, having a good dog. I remember when we first started duck hunting below my buddy's house. And, dude, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Like, dude, we lost a lot of birds because it was heavy grass. We'd hit these mm-hmm. birds, and then they would just dive right into it. You know exactly where they landed, but you couldn't find them. We both got dogs. Dude, changed the game like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Mine was a pain in the ass. He would find the birds. He wouldn't grab them, but he would find them. My buddy's dog, like, he was like a bull in a china shop. Like, dude, if the bird dropped and it went in somewhere, like, it sounded like a war going on, like, in the brush. <laughs> but that dog would come out with those birds every single time. Nice. And, I mean, it, it does. Like, so for, for guys that don't have dogs, like, yeah, definitely think about it. And, like, if you're worried about, like, tra- they're going to be a pain in the ass. Like, everybody... It's not going to be like, oh, they're going to go out. They're going to sit there. They get antsy. They get birdie. But it's also nice to have them too. Like some of those days where if you're not seeing a lot of birds, watch your dog. Yeah. Like they will see the birds before you do. Yeah. And that's it's a, amazing. That's a great thing that you just said right there. Watch your dog and trust your dog. Yeah. Those are huge things. I've multiple times walked by my dog and been like, no, here, you know, and just being an idiot. And uh, sure enough, my dog grabs the bird. And then guess who looks like the idiot then? Right. Sorry, dude. Their senses (laughs) are far more keen than ours. Far more. Trust your dog. Watch your eyes. Absolutely. So uh, when it comes to duck hunting and say you've scouted an area and the wind is blowing the complete exact opposite direction as it normally blows and you have this like perfect area where you want to set up a blind, are you willing to like move where you – you would uh your your blind location or are you just gonna stick with like the same area that you had scouted out uh biggest thing for me is i mean again just going back to watching the birds watching body language seeing what they're doing seeing what they're working where they're coming from and and what they're reacting to and what they're not so if if they're reacting to you know a big group that's just posted up on the water and you know it's on private land or something splashing around then well you know you need to really pack out some serious decoys and i've done some 120 decoy spreads and it has made a difference you know and it's it's a pain in the butt but it's it's effective at times so you just gotta know when to do it yeah it's it's trial and error you know it's that's all it is you just gotta go out there and try and do your best and see what you can do so i've always wondered this because you know i grew up hunting with phil duck hunting and we always had these old garbage hand-me-down decoys they paint up just nice i mean no they they were great and i was super thankful like my uncle you know hand me down with you usually shoot decoys so i don't bring my best ones out that's, <laughs> that's what it is i got i get trigger happy you know <laughs> oh i know this <laughs> but uh do you think it matters uh how like vibrant and bright your colors are on the decoys yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of those things that I've talked about with buddies too. You know, it's like, do you, do you, they put, you know, when you buy decoys the and you, you buy lockers. a pack, it's like how many Mal- or Drake mallards are in there? Like four and then like two hens. So it's like, when have you ever seen on the side of the road when you drive by four Drakes and two hens? Yeah. It's like, it's usually majority 
brown birds, you know, your hens and stuff like that and mixed in mixed bag, you know? So it's, yeah, I try to keep mine darker uh, until later in the season when you start getting your pintails and stuff like that, your flashier birds that are more plumed and your older birds, because all, it seems like you get a lot of younger birds coming earlier in the season. So that's when I start transitioning to, I throw 18 pintails into my spread as well. Okay, gotcha. And we're back to a two pintail limit this year, which is awesome, by the way, for anybody who didn't possibly know. But last year was one pintail. They screwed the pooch on that one, realized they had a lot more pintails than they had, and now they're reopening it to two pintails this year. So that's awesome. That's pretty cool. And over the last couple of years, I have seen a, a lot more pintails. God, we hunted a spot. That's all there was, man, flying down this canal. It was just yeah. solid. It was like... Oh, can't shoot that one. Can't shoot that one. Can't shoot I, they're that my one. favorite duck. Oh, they're beautiful. Well, I I'm, think they're beautiful. I got a pintail and a woody. Like both of those birds. And do, uh, what are they? The like the ghost widgeon or something like that? Or there's, uh, there's one. It's got like a widgeon? dude. This thing has like just a. You guys keep talking. I'll yep. Google it. It's your, <laughs> right. your Asian. You're they're Asian. just beautiful. Was it a hybrid? No, it's um. God, somebody shot one. Somebody that I know. Uh, mm. I can't think you of guys that. just go ahead and I'll look this here up. So for any of these guys out here that are maybe looking to get into waterfall hunting, they've never done it before. Where would you point them to start out for a location? I know there's multiple public wetlands around here that you can sign in every morning and they'll hook you up with a blind. They pretty yeah. much simplify your duck hunt for you. They, they do. And they, they, there's some great opportunity there as well. Uh, just to name one off the top of my head, because I do it every year, uh, I put in for Ridgefield Wildlife Refuge. It's a great little refuge. They, you know, do a lot to keep it nice. There's a really nice porta potty at every every parking spot, which is awesome if you got to run back to the truck, you know, for emergency. And they're always really clean and everything like that too. So um, luxury duck hunting. Oh yeah, pretty much. It's uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just I'm brain farting so yeah. bad right now. Um, yeah, it's so that's a great opportunity right there. And it's something that you have to put in a little bit early for. So it's a August deal. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a number three pick on December 27th. So count on seeing me then. Um, but yeah, you know, and those guys that don't show up, you know, I got a seven pick too. I'm not showing up for that. So, you know, maybe that eight pick, it, it turns into a five. So, you know, it's a great opportunity get on Ridgefield Wildlife Refuge's uh, website and put in for those things. Uh, Savi Island across the river in Oregon. That's a great one as well. You got all kinds of stuff on the east side. Umatilla is a great one. Um, just a few off the top of my head. So, Gotcha. And I remember when I was younger duck hunting, I don't know if they still have this option, but you were able to show up in the mornings at Richfield, and if someone didn't show, yeah. you yep. could possibly get a blind. Yep. Yeah, standby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, say, you know, those guys with uh, – res picks you know only seven of them show up well there's 20 i think 21 21 blinds on ridgefield something like that i'm not sure um so there's there's still yeah there's still a lot of opportunity there for you know other guys to squeeze in and get on a good hunt and i'll tell you what i've gotten the last pick multiple times last guy standing there and he's like well i guess i don't need to call off names anymore it's just you man and i'm like (laughs) well i guess i'll take that one and I go out and I limit out and I'm the first one back. So, I mean, there's, there's opportunity there. That's awesome. I, I remember one time me and Phil were going to hunt standby 
and we woke up real early. We wanted to get there so we could hopefully get a blind. And me being the pleasant person that I am, forgot my <laughs> duck stamp. Oh, I've so, done that too. That was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> what did we do that day? I think we went and tried to find a spot on some other public wetland somewhere close by. Yeah, I kind of remember that, but I forgot what we did or what ended up happening. Yeah, you were pretty upset time ago. <laughs> yeah. We had an experience down there to where it's like I, you have to have like make sure like everybody in your party is signed up and in as yes. well at the same time. Yes. So I got called and and my buddy who was with me, like I, I didn't know, like nobody told me. And like I kid you not, like I'm I'm pretty good when it comes to hunters and everything, but I I do have some issues with some duck hunters. Um uh, because when somebody doesn't know this is their first time down there, yeah. Make sure you guys sign up because if if you go and you grab your buddy and get ready to head to your blind and they go, Who are you? and they don't let you in and everybody starts laughing, you're laughing at a guy that's got a weapon. <laughs> I mean, like, but no, I, I mean, in all seriousness, like it was, it was like, re- like this little mistake and we can't go out there. So just kind of be forewarned, make sure like, if you don't know, ask, like, that's, that's the best thing I can say. I don't know how it is at other refuges with that. Um, but just make sure you ask, make sure everything's filled out. Make sure you have your doc stamp. Um, make sure you have everything. Cause that was, that, that kind of, that kind of pissed me off. Cause I didn't know, like, dude, I got called. I was stoked. Like I felt like I won the lottery. You know, we had this all planned out. Otherwise we were going to go somewhere else. And by the time we had picked up from there and we left, like it was daylight before we got to where we wanted to be. So like there went our morning hunt right there. Yeah. Yeah. And for all of our listeners out there that are from other States, you know, we're, we're talking about here locally in the Pacific Northwest, but do your research, you know, call your local fish and wildlife, you know, departments, they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. You know, I, I'm, I haven't waterfowl hunted. The only other state besides Washington waterfowl hunted was Montana, but there was, I that mean, there awesome. was opportunity Central everywhere. Fly, there, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, make some phone calls, call your local biologists. Like they'll, they'll point you in the right direction, you know, hopefully find a good chunk of public wetland that you can hunt. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think, I think doing your research is the, the number one, key to success well and that's the thing i mean it's, it's 2018 come on you can find anything on the internet yeah like yeah, that's just no goes up. media guys are there yeah. like, they talk they can't help it you know instant gratification pictures all kinds of stuff look for you know there's there's so often i see you guys post stuff and it's instant instant gratification pictures and you know it's like i know exactly where you are thanks bud like just got their scouting report yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'll be on the x tomorrow thank you and have you, Phil, have you used Onyx maps for waterfowl hunting at all? I have actually, just to see where property boundaries are and where state property is. It's really useful, especially when you're out exploring different waters. Yeah, I didn't know how, like, if it would be very useful to a waterfowl hunter. But, I mean, if, if you think about it. Even for fishing, it's really useful. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Like it's, he said, call a biologist. They know everything about that mm-hmm. river and that hatchery and what's going on. And I mean, yeah. why not? It's great to know where properties are and, you know, you don't want to totally be on somebody's property and not know and get yelled at. And, and Onyx Maps is a great one, too, even for, you know, little stuff like that. I mean, it's it's not big game stuff, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it keeps you off somebody's property and yeah. doesn't get you in trouble. So Well, yeah, it'll show, it'll show wildlife areas. It'll show all that stuff. I mean, that's what's nice about it. I mean, 
that's I I've said it so many times. Like you know, I ask people, I'm like, they they'll ask me where I'm hunting. I'm like, dude, there's so many places you can go. Like you don't you don't have Onyx maps. They're like, what's I've that? I'm like, a dude, you are not Onyx a hunter. Maps. You are not a hunter if you do not have Onyx maps. Like I'm dead serious. Like you don't take it serious. Like there's so many areas. Yeah, that are just public. Sit there and explore it a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it also gives you like, do you call a landowner? I'm gonna. I'll tell you what. I will do a video. I will call a random landowner, and I will get on their property. Whether it be coyote hunting, deer hunting, elk hunting, you name it. That's well, not a, elk hunting for that's me. That's a good one. But can I come with you? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. we'll make a whole video about it. Well, and that that is cool thing about Onyx Maps is that you know they list the landowner's name on there. So if you are looking for private access. You know, you can usually look through a phone book and get a phone number and, you know, call them up and do it the right way. And what's the worst thing they say? No. I mean, dude, I got cussed out by this one farmer over on the east side one time and I just told him I want to shoot coyotes. You know, and everybody's different. There's, you know, one out of two people might say yes or one out of yeah. 10 people might say yes, but you you got to try. Yeah. Yeah. I've had great success with knocking on doors, honestly. I don't know if they just, if they don't care or if they're just like, oh, he seems like an all right guy. Like, yeah. sure. I I always, I mean, I get on some good properties, honestly. And there's a, a lot here on the on the west side of the state that nobody really takes advantage of. I mean, especially goose hunting. Nobody, I don't see a lot of your full body goose guys out there on on this side of the state. I don't. It's it's something different. I don't know why. So when it comes to public private, uh. What percentage of your hunting is on public and what percentage of your hunting is on private? I hunt mostly private anymore. That's just about all I hunt. But, you know, it's it's one of those things, too, especially for you guys. You know, you're big game guys. When you hunt on public land and, you know, you get a nice bull or something. that The gratification yeah, is something absolutely. different. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. It's, you know, and don't get me wrong. It's great. I shot a collar on private land a couple of years ago. But, you know, had I shot it on public, that would have been just a little cooler. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, it's it's something a little better. Well, and you know, we take this public land for granted. We for do. Sure. We do. You know, we all pay taxes. This is all our land, but we need to utilize it and, and protect it for sure because one day it might all be private if we don't keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, especially for us waterfowl guys over here. I mean, you know, this area is growing so much. My My field that I had before is gone now. And that, I mean, that was awesome. We dug a pit out there by hand. It was flip lids. It was, it was sick. It was super sick and it's all gone now. School there. I was going to say <laughs> now it's either houses or schools or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's crazy. Like how fast that stuff's disappearing and like, I, th I think I shed a tear last time I drove by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. Cause yeah. you probably have so many memories I, on that piece of property I and it's do. like, it's gone. Like it's so not many hours back. invested. I, I had a lawnmower out there. I was mowing a field <laughs> with a lawnmower, like yeah. just a little push. Like it was bad. So yeah, I you know I have so many hunting spots that I grew up hunting on that I can't hunt anymore, and it and it just kills me. Just even driving by them, you know, because at one point it used to be public land, or we used to be able to hunt it, and that's that's another thing, you know, and uh, that's. That's why I always tried to take care of my, my landowners as well. You know, yeah. they're taking care of me, letting me hunt on their property for free. So I always took them fish and stuff. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, fish I or did, game. Everybody loves fish. I always took Bill Fish, and that was that was the guy, last guy that owned the land that I hunted on. And great guy, just an amazing guy, dairy farmer, last of his generation. And, yeah, it was, it was cool. 
And for all you guys that are listening out there, if you love the public land, public lands that we have to hunt on and access, make sure you guys support those businesses out there that are fighting to keep our public lands public, like BHA, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Association. Those guys are literally fighting this hand and foot, trying in to make Washington, sure that yeah. in, in all the states, they're, they're fighting hand and foot to keep these lands public. And it's really important to me. I support them as much as I can every year. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great organization. So if you guys haven't heard of them, look them up. They're, they're great. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to talk to you, you know, we're, we kind of touched on early season duck hunting and, and geese hunting coming into this later season. What, what are you looking for? Uh, weather is, that- um, well, I'm hoping we get quite a bit of rain, but, uh, obviously not too much. I mean, we're kind of like, we're almost kind of like steelhead fishermen. We're out there like, Oh, give us rain. And then it's like, Oh, everything's blown out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's way too much water and birds are spread out everywhere. We need more birds now. So hoping for that perfect amount of rain, you know, hopefully, you know, birds, birds work into this, this area, you know, as, as usual. And hopefully I don't have to drive too far from home to find them. So, I mean, there's, again, like I've said, there's lots of opportunity out there. I know where I can go and find birds. Do I want to go and drive an hour and a half to shoot seven? Not anymore at this age, but you know, I will every once in a while. I'm lazy anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to admit it. Like, totally. I've been spoiled. Phil Phil seems to travel quite a bit for duck hunting. I've seen him go quite fun. a ways. It is fun. And yeah. Yeah. To do a weekend trip with the boys. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a damn good time. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Well, and every year, Phil keeps asking me, when are you going to come duck hunting with me? When are you come duck hunting with me? I'm usually, you know, deer hunting or elk hunting. You know, I'm always busy. But mm-hmm. this year, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get my stamp. I'm going to go bird hunting. Why are you not busy, Sean? Well, because I'm almost tagged out. Nothing to complain about. But there's always tagged. You know, you always got family members that need help. You got to, you know, help them out. But I'm going to make some time for waterfowl hunting. Sean, I'm your family member. (laughs) I need help shooting ducks. (laughs) You are. You are. And I really want to go. I thought it was was Phil and Bill, man. It's the Phil and Bill Bill, Bill, Sean. (laughs) And Phil and Bill show. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. I want to hunt with Susie. Yeah, she's been a great dog. What, um, what's the, like the perfect day, the perfect scenario, perfect storm, everything. Like, what does it have to be for you to have that, you know, like when, when you're looking at a weather pattern, like, what are you looking for? Like that you, you're like, dude, I know that's going to be like Saturday or whatever is the perfect day. You know, and it, it goes back to everybody wants a stormy, windy, rainy day, you know, sideways and. I'm, I have my best days under blue sky sun. Seriously? Where I hunt. Like, I don't know. Like I look, I look back at all my limit pictures and like, I've had good days on windy days, but I'll tell you what, those calm days when they're just wanting to be in a certain spot and wow. I know where it's You're at. on the X. So it's on, yeah. It when is, you're on yeah. the X, it doesn't matter. So saying that, do you ever notice a difference? Like after a really stormy day, I notice it'll push birds in or push birds out. Definitely. So, uh, that's the biggest thing that I notice. So yeah, it can yeah. be good or bad. It's just, it's just seeing how, how much water is in the area, how many birds are in the area. It's scouting constantly. Scout, scout, scout. I mean, I think it's just bird hunting. Like, yeah, I got my wonder bread and I'm ready to go, but no, it's not how it goes. Not how it goes. What all. about snow? Does snow help at all? Snow. I've had 
I'm sure there's a lot of guys on the east side, you know, that smash in the snow. But over over on the west side, when it snows, I I don't think I've had a limit hunt in the snow. Really? No, I don't think I have. Dude, I've had a day of a limit. Like that's my best duck hunting day. Like, <laughs> One like, day, dude. I, I love yeah. it when it snows. I yeah. gosh, yeah. My fastest limit was in the snow. Really? In like a hard freeze. Everything nice. was frozen. West side or east side? West side, local. Okay. Nice. And uh, when these birds came in, when I was you know early, early in the morning before shooting light, these birds came in and they were just huddled on one little spot. I had like the only clear spot in all these sloughs. That's the biggest all just, thing. Oh my goodness, they're all just packed together and shoot the shooting light came mm. across. Then it was that brings me to a really good point too is uh you know if if it is snowy out and everything's freezing and you get into you know a month and it's just straight freezes every night, you know. Look for that couple days of rain or something for a thaw. Um, go find open water because that's where your birds are going to be. They're not going to be on sheet water anymore. I have to leave my bread and butter and I have to go find something new. And that's, that has helped me dramatically. Guys go out and they break ice and stuff. And they spend hours breaking ice and making a big hole and then it freezes. Yeah. So yeah, I was curious, you know, we do have some freak ice storms here in the Northwest. Yeah. And I was curious if you ever had to go out and break ice to set many decoys. times ripped, ripped waders cause of ice, you know, all kinds of stuff. You do all kinds of weird stuff to push ice under other ice. You know, it's, it's a pain. It's cold. And with ice too, like I'm, I'm going to hit on this and this is just a safety thing. Like you guys, you can think that you've hunted an area like years and years. Oh, I know this slew or blah, blah, blah. Don't be stupid and walk out on that ice. Yeah, don't. Um, I'll raise the flag on that one because I got stupid one day. Um, and I was very, very fortunate. Like when I went through, it was at least on the edge, but I mean, I never touched bottom. And I mean, if I was out in the middle, done game over. Like there's nothing you can do. So like just, just hitting on that, you guys be super careful. Don't think that, okay, yeah, the ice is good. We're fine. Just be smart about it. Absolutely. Safety is the number one thing out there when it comes to all hunting and making sure that we make it back to our families so we can, you know, spend time with them and, and do it the next day. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Another thing I want to touch on is uh bird identification. Like when birds are coming into your decoy spread, you know, because there's certain limits on certain birds. Is there any pointers you can give to bird identification when they're coming in? Yeah, and just know your birds. You go out and scout and watch these birds work around and watch watch their body language and the way they're flying. Oftentimes, you can find uh, a you'll see that a pintails fly fly a lot different than mallards and teal fly different than them and widgeon fly different. <laughs> they sound than like them. little jet so fighters. They're, they're, they <laughs> are. They're all different yeah. little yeah. jets, and you know, you just kind of. <laughs> Got to watch them and see how their body language works. And you can pick them out from a mile away and be like, oh, those are teal. How do you know? They're not teal. Well, watch. They're coming right this way. I sure At enough, 90 miles an hour. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> well, so. and, and what's cool is you can go to, you know, local wetland wildlife refuges exactly. and watch birds right. all year long. So if you're, you know, worried about shooting the wrong duck, go watch birds for a day. I've learned more scouting birds ever than I have out in the field i mean but at the same time i've learned a ton out in the field too i mean it's it goes hand in hand actually now that i'm saying it it's you learn so much out there just just watching them do their thing absolutely so do you have any funny duck hunting stories you could share with uh mm. our listeners oh man uh i honestly i can't even think of like a a great one to 
Uh, Your dog's ever been pecked out by a goose? No, my dog's <laughs> never been scared by a goose. You know what? I've seen so many buddies come out for their first trip, though, and they shoot a bird, and I'm like, okay, go get it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not going to go get your bird. And they yeah. go to grab it, and, you know, it sounds bad, but, you know, it's still kind of moving around a little bit, kicking. It's it's done, and they go to grab it, and they're scared of it, and it's like, dude, come on, grab the duck. It's not going to hurt you. Like, <laughs> um, I convinced Sean to do a spot and stock on a comrant one time. Yeah. Ooh. Thinking it was a pintail. <laughs> My buddy found a banded comrant <laughs> at the launch ramp once. Nice. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Phil liked to play jokes on me when I was duck hunting. Oh, yeah. The, am- the amateur that I was, professional duck hunter Phil. One time I shot a bird, and this was before we had dogs or anything, and I shoot a bird, and Phil had to go all the way around the slough to the other side to get this bird. And he starts freaking out. He's like, yeah, you just shot your first banded bird. And I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah. I'm like, That's so yeah. cool because I've always wanted to shoot one, you know? Yeah. And I was just like on cloud nine, just like super stoked. And Didn't then- I tackle that bird? Oh yeah, <laughs> you did have to tackle that bird. But yeah, bands are always a plus. I I love seeing a band. A little bling's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you were so happy. <laughs> <laughs> you oh. about, you about punched me in the face when it wasn't banded. That was so sick. Oh, you lied to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible. Have you ever got a band, Sean? Mm-mm. Really? I say that only because I got one. You got one. That's all I got. Well, what do you got? I, uh, I I shot it on Boy. a mallard, and it was it was actually here local. I'm like, oh my god, you! I'm so stoked because, you know, they're on the band. Like you can you can get the information from them. Yep. And uh, I was like, oh my god, where's this bird from? Like I'm super stoked about it. Savi's Island. <laughs> like, oh, that one came a long way across the river. You know, <laughs> so not much of a story behind it. I was like, that sucks. Well, I'll tell you this: out of my eleven. Uh, they're all local other than a Fairbanks, Alaska Mallard, Drake Mallard. That's awesome. And then I have a, uh, man, where was that up in Alaska? Oh, I can't even think about it, but it was, it was way past Fairbanks. We'll just say that it was somewhere crazy. So that was really cool. That was a colored dusky. So that was a cool one. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. All all mine were Washington birds. Yeah. There's actually a Savion in Washington somewhere. Is it really? That's what the certi- certificate said. Oh, mine said Oregon. Yeah. And I tried looking it up, and I couldn't find a Savvy Island anywhere in Washington. But yeah, I'm my, assuming Puget Sound or some. I don't know. My colored goose was Scapoose. So, but it had migrated for three years before I shot it. So I mean, wow. that's kind of cool. Too. Yeah. That's oh really yeah, cool. that uh, dusky was Dalton, Alaska. Look that up. That's right on the edge up there. Wow. That's you know, super. Do you cool. know where Dalton is, Phil? No. Okay. Is it like way up north? I like think it's up by Coast the Kenai or... Peninsula, like up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and it's cool. You get to figure out the age of the bird. Yeah, that <laughs> bird was nine. Man, the band is so worn around it, too. It's super cool. Imagine how many letters decoy the... spreads that thing mm-hmm. flew in and out of in its lifetime. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine too many guys would pass on a collar dusky because I didn't, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so... With the duskies, you're allowed one a year and then you're done, correct? Exactly. At that time, it was one a year. So, um, yeah, obviously, there's none allowed now at any point. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I remember back when I was duck hunting years ago, you're allowed one and then yep. you're done. Yep, one and done, and they just take your season or your uh, tag for the year, and then you'd have to retake the test next year. But 
Is there a is there a limit on geese? Like a yearly limit on geese? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Take as many as you want. Okay. I I didn't know. It's, yeah. It's been a few years since I've been Definitely in the game. Definitely get four cacklers, and I mean, I think it was nineteen nineteen eighty. We had fewer than twenty five thousand wintering in this area, and I'll tell you what, it's a lot more than twenty five thousand now. Yeah, there's a lot of. Geese, it is insane like, how locally. many cacklers we have now. Yeah. And, so, that's good. That's yeah, it's good. super good. It's exciting, and that's why I don't understand why a lot of guys don't target them as much. You know, they're all chasing ducks and stuff. This lack of water. I should have done the same thing and didn't even think about it. Should have I don't been know out how. In the field chasing geese <laughs> instead of trying to chase ducks. So, yeah. awesome. So, Bill and Phil, is there any solid advice you guys could give to a beginning duck hunter that's never duck hunted before but is looking to get into the sport? um get good gear i i bought how many duck calls that were just i mean 20 20 25 duck calls i probably spent i don't know 500 dollars on those crappy little things and just go buy a good one you know and play around figure out what works for you i'll, I'll tell you you know most of your beginning duck callers will want a double read it's a lot easier to blow it's it's not as loud and raspy it's it's just a lot easier for a beginner to get started on and, and practice uh, all the time. Practice when you're just a driving lot. around from going to from driving work and countless just hours that in call the garage. And just, to, yeah. yeah. And learn how to when to use it. Exactly. Yeah. When go out and listen to birds, you know? Yeah. That's what I used to do in Richfield Wildlife Refuge. Just drive yeah. that nature loop. I drive I'll just the sit time, there so and listen to them. You hear all kinds of crazy sounds coming out of those birds. Yeah. And you so try you to match them. I'll bring a duck haul with me and try to match them and Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my little experience from duck hunting, good gear is definitely a game changer, you know, especially on those cold, rainy days, you know, having waterproof gear, good waders that don't leak, you know. Make sure your feet yeah. don't get cold. Yeah, as soon as you get wet, your whole day just got ruined. Oh yeah. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Well, before we wrap it up, what do we all prefer eating? Eating is uh, geese or ducks. Ooh, Ooh that's, that's a, a good, good one. one. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I love duck. Neither for Bill here. Neither. What do you <laughs> yeah. do with all pepperoni? I was all just right. gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what terrible, we did with it. Yeah, man. it is the gamiest stuff. I grew up with my dad in the outdoor industry quite a bit, and uh, you know, I ate everything from caribou, bear. You know, all of it, moose, and I am just burnt out. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than duck on top of that stuff. <laughs> duck, duck and goose is not good to me. I I really enjoy like baked it. goose. Really? Yeah. Skin uh, on or? No, skin off. Or no, yeah, skin on. Okay. Uh, last goose I killed in Montana, which was a while ago, but <laughs> we just... We just uh, salt and peppered it and baked it, and it was actually really good. You know what I've heard? I just I've, I've popped them open too many times and smelt some different smells, and I'm just yeah, I don't know. Just over it, huh? I am. Hey, man. pepperoni's I'm, great. I'm little... <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't go wrong. You no. can throw a bunch pepperoni's of spices awesome. and stuff in it. It's yeah. great boat food, you know. Oh, here, guys, pepperoni. Who doesn't like pepperoni? Yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I know a lot of my buddies that that's what they do with all their birds at the end of the year. Do they just take them in and? Yeah, have it all made into pepperoni. I've tried a bunch of different butcher shops too, and found the one for me. Have you ever made summer sausage out of it? I haven't, and 
I don't I don't see why it would wouldn't be bad honestly. Yeah, it'd probably be really good. Yeah, because they can hide the flavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You throw enough spices in there, it's decent. Oh yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you guys picked up some good tips. Uh, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Comment below. Let us know what you guys think of this podcast. Let us know uh, what you guys would like to listen to in the future uh, or have us touch on. Uh, we'll have lots of more guests in here talking about all things hunting. So thanks for listening. See you out there. See you, See you guys. Peace. Peace.